this is a little bit different for me. I'm trying right now just to start something and hopefully this will work the way we want it to. But uh, I just wanted to touch base with you girls and other readers or listeners about uh, some things going on in my life right now. Uh, I've been tutoring at a... uh, public charter high school in Monroe, uh, North Carolina for, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks now, I guess. Uh, two weeks at least it's been. But it's not long enough yet really to tell you everything that uh, possibility of what the job can be. I do believe that I can uh, get to some of the kids that are struggling and uh, help them to understand math a little bit easier, a little bit better, and thereby hopefully raise uh, the school's scores uh, here in the near future. It's been nice because just uh, this, today, yesterday, and the day before, they did a bunch of testing to see where the students were in you know, relation to where they had been back in the in the fall, and uh, so it's a good good point of reference because right before I came to help. So now, next thing that they will check next, I guess it'll be uh, probably before the beginning of next year uh, in the fall. It will be just uh, a quick check to, you know, see what's happening. Oh, I'm confused on what I'm talking about right now. But I think that it should be be good for all the, the people involved. That sounds pretty ambiguous, but that was meant to be that way. Because <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But anyway, um... I did start to tutor uh, just over at that high school, and I think it'll go pretty well once I get a little bit more of a, a handle on students' names, those and I identify those that are in need of additional help. And I, I think that the teachers will start to do that as well once I get settled in a little bit more, because uh, I've been I've been helping some. Just here and there, where where kids are having problems, I'll just come alongside them and try to explain to them stuff like that. But it's it's been pretty good. I uh, I think it'll work out all right. I don't know about the Common Core standards. We're supposed to be meeting those Common Core standards. Now, what exactly is a Common Core standard? I'm not sure. I'm going to have to research that more and look into it a lot more. I have a little bit to say about GEB, the good old uh, Goodell Escherbach. Excuse me, Goodell Escherbach book. Yeah, it, it, uh, 
really did uh, blow my mind pretty much. But I've been taking time. I, as I said in uh, the uh, as I said in the uh, group chat, the group me chat. I I don't. Oh, well, I forget what I was talking about. But anyway, the GEB book that I got now has been something I was going to talk about. I did talk about it before, and I'm getting back to it. When I, when I uh, did talk about the GEB book in uh, earlier discussions, I'm getting lost again on what I was trying to say. But what I really want to say now, I guess, is that I have looked back at the uh, things that I was talking about earlier and just ungrouped me, but I've been able to read them a little more carefully and use a pen to just mark and various phrases that I want to remember and indicate some things that are just there for I don't know, the way, just the way the guy thinks. It's, I, I'm adding punctuation, whether you believe that or not, or just various sections, underlining things, and putting uh, footnotes and whatnot in the margins. So, there are a lot of things. I went to this chapter six in this Godelish book book. That's on page 158. I'm pretty impressed that I've gotten that far already in this book. I'm going to have to go back, though, and and tear the pages apart like I have been doing with this chapter. Um, But anyway, this this book, this chapter uh, is about the location of meaning. One, whether meaning can be said to be inherent in a message, or two whether meaning is always manufactured by the interaction of a mind with a message. I eliminated certain things in this, and so it just makes sense to me anyway. In the latter case, meaning could not said to be located in any one single place, nor could a... Nor could it be said that a message has any universal or objective meaning, since each observer would bring its own meaning to each message. But in the former case, meaning would have to be both location and universality. In this chapter, I want to present the case for the universality of at least some messages without, to be sure, claiming it for all messages. The idea of an objective meaning of a message will turn out to be relevant in an interesting way the, uh, to the simplicity with which intelligence can be described. What? Excuse me? Well, I don't know. The guy just talks, talks pretty, pretty weird. It's hard to understand a lot of what he's referring to. But anyway, that's what he said. And it goes on now when we talk about information bearers like a record and information revealers 
like a record player. He says that for each structure, there are certain pieces of information which can be pulled out of it, while there are other pieces of information which cannot be pulled out of it. Hmm. Uh, the only way of changing the instructions for building a new organism is to change the DNA, and this in turn implies that those instructions must be coded somewhere in the structure of DNA. Hmm. The cracking of the genetic code was a vital step in the way to extract the meaning of DNA strands. But it was only the first on a long path which has yet to be trodden. Ooh. How recursive the whole process is. Wow. As development of an organism takes place, can it be said that the information is being pulled out of its DNA? Question mark. Is that where all the information about an organism's structure resides? Question mark. Hmm. Good question. Two conflicting views on the nature of the information in a genotype. One view says that so much of the information is, uh, is outside the DNA that it is not reasonable to look upon DNA as anything more than a very intricate set of triggers, much like a sequence of buttons to be pushed on a jukebox. Another view says the information itself is all there, but in a very implicit form. Hmm. Okay. So it goes on to say, uh, one view says that in order for DNA to have meaning, chemical context is necessary. The other view says that the only intelligence is necessary to reveal the intrinsic meaning of a strand of DNA. In other words, all you have to do is be smart enough. Oh, I, I see. I, I get it. Cannot be a rock. Cannot be a plant. Can't be an animal, have to be a human being. Hmm. Okay, whatever. This episode making stuff is pretty pretty good, pretty easy, and I know I enjoy doing it. It worked out pretty well. I'm glad that it's as easy as it is to put it all together. But this episode is going to be all about the power of analytics. Analytics is one thing that I have uh, found here in, in, in the Anchor app. It has to do with... Uh, analytics that they present to you like um, my analytics say that I, my audience analytics say that I am 35% male and 
female. Okay, so it also tells me that I'm 0% non-binary and 0% not specified. Wow, okay, so I'm 35, 65, 0, 0. That's what I am, 35, 65, 0, 0. Right, okay, yeah. But uh, I wonder about the 35% male must be and I'm being listened to by Chris Megan's Chris uh, and the other Chris Leah's Christopher um, I don't know how I'm going to talk about them separately or differently but I guess um Megan's Chris, I would call Chris Ball. Chris Ball because of baseball. And he is very close to baseball, so Chris Ball. And then the other one I think would be Chris Elitary. Um, Just because of his military background and all. And then I also could talk about that uh, part of my male audience being Sir Lancelot. Or, for that matter, it might even be Cameron. Those are all the names of the people who I will be giving here in the near future. Chris Ball, Chris Illitary, Sir Lancelot, and Cameron. Not Cameron, but Cameron. So, I just thought that... Uh, it's really pretty, pretty great the way that these analytical things there on on uh, Anchor or Spotify or whatever it is, they really do do tell you many things. One of the things that I saw in my eighth grade math class this week was them looking at a graph and saying, "What does it tell you? Give me a story. What does the graph tell you? Write a story about." You know, they have low plateaus and increasing in low plateau. So write a story about that. Okay. That's pretty unique teaching. I don't know about that, but it could could help them. I don't know. There's a lot of things that that uh, the math teacher so far has been, uh, the eighth grade math teacher, I caught him on um, one thing. He was describing how to apply a line and got the slope right, but then he had had the axis of the graph not at zero zero, but at like five nine or something like that. And he you know, he was talking away and I said, No, that's not right, you got you're not at zero zero. And he said, Oh that's that's very good observation and went ahead and changed his presentation right on the spot because of that. And it was it worked out pretty well. I I hope the guy, the thing I'm still kind of just smart. I'll try to, you know, catch him at things and not. But I try not to do that. The one guy that I've got, uh, Mr. Rahim Bost. He's a, a a guy about I'd say he's probably about maybe 38, 40, maybe. And maybe he's even a little older than that, I don't know, 42, 43. But 
Um, you know, he just he just strikes me as the type of guy who likes to just crack up with his students a lot of times. He'll go on on tangents and talk about weird things, you know, in history. You know, like like one of his his statements today was, um, what's it called? How did the state Massachusetts get its name? And he goes through this whole big long spiel about uh, some slavers back in the in the early early uh, years of our country. We're talking about uh, you know, colored uh, slave people and and uh, third or forty white people, and they got together and uh, the the uh, I don't know they had some. Some way, for some reason, they were all going to be uh, beaten or something. So beat, beaten with different tools. You know, they had all these different tools to choose from. And so the one guy, the one slave says, Hey, Massa, choose this. Yeah, so that's how Massachusetts got its name. You know, just things like that is what he does. And it's pretty, pretty good. Um, I think, yeah, we'll enjoy life here at that, at the tutoring. It'll work out quite well. But I just want to make sure that we remember the foreign names that I've given to our specific, our others, you know, our uh, significant others, my SOGs, uh, whatever, yeah, but... Uh, it will be Chris Ball, Casillatary, Sir Lancelot, and Cam Good enough. Yeah.